Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello, my beautiful people out there in the world listening with your little ear pods, earbuds in your ears. I hope you're doing well. Happy Thanksgiving for those of you guys that are in America. For those of you guys that aren't in America, happy normal day wherever you are in the world. I hope it's a good one. Um, But here in America, we're celebrating Thanksgiving. It's supposed to be a day of gratefulness and giving thanks for what you have. The historical precedence of Thanksgiving is a little questionable, um, but it's still something that we celebrate. And I think overall, the message of the holiday, even though it's usually an underrated holiday and a lot of people just use it to watch football and then go shopping on Black Friday, it is an important message to be grateful for what you have around you. But I'm feeling really good today. And I have been thinking yesterday, yesterday, I just had a really good coaching day. It was a really long day. Like I had six coaching calls that day. Tuesdays are always one of my busiest days. And um, they go from really early in the morning to late in the day I because I have a few clients all the way on the other side of the world. So we have to meet at a later time so that we're both not either waking up at three in the morning. But it's cool because even though those days are really tiring and it's it's hard emotionally doing need to hold space for people, I learn so much from my clients. And every time I get on a call, even if I'm maybe, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to be my best just showing up and listening to them. And then obviously like we have good conversations and feedback. My clients are badasses. Like they just keep persevering. And every time I talk with them, I find out more things. They share things with me that they maybe have shared with no one else before. I get to learn things about them on a level that I never would have had I just ran into them on the street. You know, it's such a, it's such a privilege. And even though I'm the one coaching them, right? I'm the one trying to help them with their thoughts and processes and the behaviors that are getting in the way and correcting that a little bit and helping them move forward. I also learn a lot through our conversations and through their own wisdom that they apply to it. Because a lot of coaching, I told this to a client the other day, she was complimenting me on you know, what I've done for her. She's about 55 days binge and purge free after, I don't know, 20 years or so, which is just amazing. But she was saying, you know, you've helped me so much. I'm so appreciative. And every time a client says that, I do try to take the compliment. But I also told her, you know, coaching isn't just about being like good at something. Obviously, you're hiring me because I have expertise, right? But you're also hiring me so that I can help bring out the wisdom that's already in you. Because I say this like a broken record. Most people know what to do. They just aren't doing it. And it's about me kind of figuring out what their blockages are, what resistances they have to doing those things and helping them come to terms with it. And then also figuring out like there's a few things like another client I was working with yesterday. She is so close, so close to stopping that behavior. But 
every time it goes to happen, we just find out a little bit more about what's going on. And like, we're just building her repertoire of tools so that we can find the right ones that work for you. And oftentimes what slips her up is in when she falls through with those things, it works, but it's kind of confusion and like going back and forth and going back on the plan. So we're figuring that up and building it, but it's not because she's, she's not capable and it's not because she's stupid or doesn't know what to do. It's just about figuring out those small issues. So anyway, I'm going off course here. I just feel really grateful for the people that are in my life. And even you guys out there listening who I don't know, I sometimes get messages from you guys out of the blue. Um, and I really am grateful for those. I read everyone, even if I don't, don't always respond to it. But even those, those of you guys that just listen, that I've never ever talked to or speak to, um, that I never worked with, I'm grateful for you because I've heard so many of your stories and I know I've learned so much from them and they give me perspective. And honestly, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, but you're working with people and doing what I'm doing helps me heal too. It really keeps me in recovery. Uh, there are some days still where it's hard, just hard to deal with life. And my urges are the least they've ever been. I know I still get urges to purge, but I don't remember the last time I had one, which is really, really good. Um, I bet if I listen back on the podcast, I could find it. <laughs> But I don't remember the last time I had an urge to purge. I know they still happen. But in those moments when I do have urges, oftentimes one of the things I think of is you guys. And I think of what I do. And I think of all the stories and people I work with and how dark that place can be in bulimia and what it's like. And that I don't necessarily want to go back, but I also want to be strong for other people too. And I want to show people that it's possible. Anyway, I don't know if that came off as narcissistic or it came off as uh, grateful, but I hopefully it came off as grateful because I do feel really grateful and I'm just happy that you guys are my life. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if it weren't for you guys. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about six holiday tips for you for Thanksgiving. I have been doing, for those guys that don't know, I've been doing in my group coaching program, um, holiday support week. We're on day three now as I'm recording this, but I'm doing a Facebook live every single day. I'm sending them emails every single day with specific tips about um, uh, when it comes to the holidays and how to deal with like family members, how to deal with eating food normally, how not to binge and purge, managing stress, all that sort of stuff. And while I can't give you all of that content here, you'll have to go to the group coaching program for that. It's all on the private podcast in there. If you do, you can go in and catch up and still access those things, even though they're not live anymore. But I was thinking about maybe I can just give people the six top things. Like if I had to choose out of all of that advice, what I could tell someone, this would be it. So hopefully that you find you find that that's helpful. I just think that, and sometimes it's good to just have short things, but uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today. But real quick, I also wanted to say, if you are running up towards December, you're dreading it, you feel like you really are ready to recover, but you're not sure how, and you need help and you want support, you can check out my group coaching program, really affordable, amazing. You get to coach with other people that are going through it extremely awesome. But then also, if you want to work with me one-to-one, you can book a free consult on my website now. The consult is not this like scary talk where I'm like, do you want to get coached? It's just a conversation about what specifically is going on with you and bulimia. Most people find that the consults, even if they don't end up working with me, because that happens, sometimes it's just not a good fit. They find that it brings them a lot of clarity. And I've found that when I get, get consults from coaches too. 
So if you want to book your free consult, I recommend you do that now. Go to bingebreakers.com because I only have so many weeks open in December and those spots tend to get taken up fast because I don't have all, even though I have open weeks in September or December, it doesn't mean that all those spaces are open because I have clients that I'm working with too, right? And free time. So there's a limited availability for consult spaces. And if you want to work with me, we have to have a consult first to make sure we're a good fit, make sure it's appropriate for you to be getting coached with me and stuff like that. Or you don't need further things, further help that I can't provide. So if you would like help and want to work with me and find my podcast and content helpful and want to take it further and make this year a little bit different and start it off with recovery, then I highly recommend you go to bingebreakers.com and just book a free consult. You have to answer a few questions and then you can book a spot in my calendar and then we'll speak. And don't worry because everyone always says that they're nervous on consults. I'm nervous too. Every time I talk to people, I'm nervous. So I don't think I'll ever get over it, which is hilarious because I do have her job, but I'm nervous too. So we can just be nervous together. Let's get to the episode. The number one advice I would give to anyone. So if I would give anyone anything, which they're going to probably roll their eyes when they hear this, but if I could only tell them one thing when it comes to, you know, what to do for Christmas, holidays, whatever you celebrate, I would tell them, make sure you're eating enough. And I know that that is such a annoying thing to hear. I heard that all the time when I was going through bulimia and I'm like, I'm binging every day. What the fuck do you mean? Am I not eating enough? How dare you say that? I'm eating too much and I need to figure out how to eat less. God, like I was just so mad when I heard that. But what I didn't know is that I was kind of mentally restricting the whole time. I was like, this, I was eating things, but I was like, this is bad. You shouldn't be doing it. And then I was constantly, when I binged, purging, first of all. So I was kind of screwing up any food that I did get and the nutrients there. But I was also, for meals, I wasn't eating consistently. My meals were really sporadic. The things that I was eating were kind of either really carb heavy or really sh- sugar heavy, both carbs, you know what I mean? Like fat heavy or something like that. They weren't sustaining me or I'd try to like save my calories for later in the day end up binging. So I was doing a lot of stuff. Even if my calories were balancing out throughout the week, I wasn't like losing weight. I was actually a little bit overweight, but I was not eating enough consistently throughout the day, which is why I was binging every single day. And when you're not eating enough, when you're nutrient deprived, of course, eating enough will not solve binging altogether. That's why I teach in my program all about how to actually process your emotions, how to not just react to that urge that you do have control, that you can handle it all that sort of good juicy stuff. But eating enough is the bare bones you have to have. If you're not eating enough, you're constantly ramping up your hunger, revving up the desire, making more of an excuse to binge because you actually feel like you need it and probably do in some regards. And it just keeps pushing you further. And you can, you're thinking less clearly when you're that hungry, when you're that ravenous. And even if you are a normal weight or overweight, you can be nutrient deprived and you can certainly not be eating enough during certain times of the day. That was the case for me. I was not starving. I was actually a little bit overweight, but I was not eating consistently. And that's what was driving me towards binge restrict, binge restrict. I wasn't underweight, but it wasn't helping. And also because I had such a poor diet because I would constantly binge on these, you know, really I don't want to say bad foods, but you guys know what I mean. They're not bad and good, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But these like carb heavy, sugary stuff that didn't, didn't really sustain me. Um, I was probably not thinking the clearest because I really wasn't having balanced blood sugar or hunger levels. It was just kind of all over the board. So don't just think, oh, I weigh, I weigh more. I'm overweight. That doesn't mean 
jack shit when it comes to this sort of thing. So don't do that to yourself. Okay. Eat enough and eat consistently throughout the day for please, please do that. The next thing, which is related, and it's going to kind of repeat a little bit of what I said, but do not save up calories for the big meal. I don't know what you do for the holidays, but I'm guessing you're at least going to have to go to one big meal. And even if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, we all have large family gatherings or we have some sort of event that we have to go to that has some sort of big meal with food that you didn't plan for that's more decadent, that's more calorie dense, that's more triggery, whatever. The worst thing you can do for that is to save up the calories, try to backload your calories for it, or try to make sure you don't eat anything throughout the day or you eat really lightly that day so that you have room for that food. Now, one caveat to this is that I know normal people do this sometimes. Like like my boyfriend, for example, he doesn't save up or anything. He's not like, I need to binge on it. But sometimes if we he knows that we're going to have a meal, we're going to go out to eat, and it's an hour or two before then, then he's like, Oh yeah, well I, I guess I'll wait a little bit to eat. I'm kind of hungry now, but I'll I'll wait and then we'll I'll really enjoy the food then because I'll be hungry for it. He's able to do that. He doesn't binge. He eats a normal proportion and then he's fine. Um, he doesn't have an eating disorder though. When we have eating disorders or when we suffered with an eating disorder eating disorder before, I call it um hunger trauma or eating disorder trauma. Your response to hunger is a little different. Even me now, I'm so much more later on the road. But sometimes when I'm really hungry it's uncomfortable. And I think my body's having the response of, oh my God, we're going into the days where we're restricting all the time. We're going into the days where we're going to starve ourselves. We're going to throw up all our food. No, 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 no. We need to eat something now. Like it just feels like it's in danger, even though hunger is not a scary thing. It's not something that's going to hurt you. And it's actually really good for you to feel hungry every once in a while. It's, it's important. If you don't feel hunger, you don't have any drive to eat, you're going to die. That's not very good. Hunger is actually an important thing. But when you struggle with an eating disorder, I think there's a lot of trauma when it comes to your eating disorder and feeling the hunger. So therefore, um, when you are pushing yourself and you're not eating enough, during the day when you're saving up for that big meal, you are going to be much more ravenous and hungry. Like we were saying in the point before eating enough, you're much more ravenous and hungry. It's going to feel like it's more justified to binge. You might find that thoughts in your brain are like, well, we've been so good today, so we might as well. Let's just eat way more. It's at the very least going to encourage overeating. Normal people, if they are really hungry and they haven't eaten enough, will overeat at meals. It's a thing that happens, right? Normal eaters do that. And it's kind of a compensation tactic, right? And you tend to overshoot it because you are extra hungry. So you, someone who struggles with binge eating, (laughs) something that's constantly overeating, right? You're putting yourself in such a worse place to binge and overeat and completely shoot that meal out of the water. Um, And also, you're not, again, going to be thinking as rationally, and you're pushing your hunger drive to the max. So again, yeah, you're pushing yourself towards binging on all regards. It's going to be easier to justify it. It's going to be harder to say no. And it also is going to feel like it's actually a need, right? It's going to feel like you want it. You're pushing your desire to the max. And here's what I know my biggest objection was to this that I'll say here. A lot of people are like, Jacqueline, what if I eat breakfast and lunch and I still overeat? Or sometimes people are like, but I really like eating all that food. I really want to be able to eat a lot of food. To that point, firstly, when you are struggling with binge eating, you are building that desire of constantly wanting to eat lots of food. I was like that. I always wanted to have the biggest salad, value meat, everything. That was my thing, right? It was my smoking, my wine, whatever you want to call it. When you stop doing that, at first it feels unfair. And there were a lot of times where I still overeat anyway. 
But over time, when I was listening to my body, being more intuitive, being more mindful when I was eating and constantly telling myself it's allowed, it's allowed, it's abundant, it's abundant. You can have it if you want to. We can do this if you want to. It's fine. That desire. And then I wasn't constantly overeating. I was constantly kind of like eating a few less bites, that sort of stuff. The desire for me to eat large quantities of food to where my stomach feels like it's bursting or it's just uncomfortably full. Like sometimes I don't like it when it's uncomfortably full. That desire has gone way down. I sometimes find salads, like I like salads, but sometimes whenever I eat them, I'm like, this takes forever to eat. Oh my God, this is so exhausting, (laughs) which is something I thought I would never, ever say. And what I want you to know right now is that even though you have the massive desire over you right now, if you stop continuing that habit while you're meeting your needs and taking care of your emotional needs, nutritional needs, working on other aspects of recovery, that desire will diminish over time. So you won't want to volume eat all the freaking time. So even if you're worried about giving up that kind of backloading your calories, you might want to give it up because it you might have the desire to diminish over time. It will be uncomfortable at first, but it will be better. Um, and then also with the other, the first point of what if I overeat anyway? You might, you might overeat anyway, but I promise you that nothing is going to change if you don't stop um, kind of backloading your calories and pushing yourself towards the brink of ravenous binging every single time you have a meal. You're going to keep on binging if you keep on repeating the cycle. The only way to break the cycle is to start eating consistently again, combined with other tactics. Again, I know someone out there is like, it's, I'm so sick of people saying it's just eat enough. That's not everything. I get it. But if you keep on pushing your calories back, you keep on binging. <laughs> it's almost a guaranteed thing. So you really need to be eating consistently throughout the day, even if you are going to overeat a little bit. I always try to describe it as debt. Um, When you're getting out of debt, you actually have to pay more money monthly than your normal bills because you're putting money into that debt and it sucks. But over time, as you're paying that off, the debt is going down, down, down. And eventually you don't have to keep putting that money forward and the money that you're using for that debt, you can actually start using for other things, right? Or put it into savings so that it starts growing. For you, you may have to overeat occasionally and get a little bit more, put a little bit more money in the food bank, right? To then eventually take that back out, right? To make it feel better. It's for it to be in baseline again. You're kind of in a deficit when it comes to food. So you need to get back to baseline. Part of that will be through your thoughts. Part of it will be through your behavior. But if you don't change your behaviors with food right now, when it comes to eating consistently and and pushing instead all you're doing is pushing your calories back nothing is going to change you have to try something different so i'd recommend that even if you overeat it during that meal you take the risk anyway and then lastly on this point most people find that they're not as ravenous and hungry i cannot tell you how many clients i've had of course this isn't everything but a lot of clients i've had i just make sure that they're eating enough we give them more calories during the day i found out there i find out they're intermittent fasting or something we stop that shit And we just have them eat more throughout the day and their binge cravings go way down. It still happens occasionally. They still overeat occasionally, but it's so much more in control. And they're so shocked at how easy it was. So you just need to take that leap of faith, please, please, for the love of God. Okay. The next tip I would give you is to take emotional responsibility for your... 
to take responsibility for your emotions and thoughts. This has to do with people triggering you or triggering situations, whether it's you're triggered by all the food, you're triggered by the family member, you're triggered by the creepy uncle who says things to you, whatever it is, or your mom who constantly doesn't or does make comments on your body or your family members who are really big proponents of saving up calories for the big meals so that they can all binge as a family and they judge you for having breakfast, a normal breakfast, whatever it is that's triggering you. This does not excuse their behavior. Doesn't, if like they're, they're being an asshole to you, doesn't mean that it's okay. But I want you to remember that they can't make you think or feel anything. You are responsible for your emotions and thoughts about the situations. You are not responsible, however, for your initial gut reaction. We cannot help that, right? Someone, if someone were to loudly knock on my door right now, I'd jump, just jump off my seat. I'd be really scared. I couldn't help that. Maybe I could, if I knew it was coming, I could try to like hold myself down, right? I wouldn't be as scared, but it's just a gut initial reaction. If your mom doesn't she makes a comment on how you look right or that you're or, or she she talks about her diet or something how well it's going your initial reaction is probably something like oh my god she thinks I'm fat or god she needs to really stop doing that I should be on a diet actually why am I not doing what she's doing oh fuck 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 those are your initial thoughts right your initial gut reactions you don't have control over those but what you do have control over is what you think next and how you respond. And if you hold on to those thoughts, you believe those thoughts, you agree with them, and then move forward. I've talked to a lot of people this week about what bought like their families and what they're so scared of. And oftentimes their families, they think that they're thinking bad things about them, which sometimes it's not even true. But even if their family is judging them for something, what hurts them the most is that they agree with their family. They're taking their family's opinions, judgments, whatever, and then they are making it real for themselves. They're agreeing with them. But I always give this example, like if a flat earther came up to you and started telling you all the ways in which the earth is flat, you wouldn't care because you're like, that's dumb. The earth is not flat, stupid. And you probably wouldn't even bother with this person. You would just keep on moving and walk away because they're not worth your time. It doesn't bother you because it's not personal, but you also just don't believe them. You have a firm belief in what you actually believe, which is the, the earth. There's gravity, right? It's a sphere. <laughs> it's revolving in the solar system, right? Um, it's uh, circulating in the solar system. That is what you believe. And you have pretty hardcore evidence for that. And that's what you're choosing to believe. For your family and for the events, or even if you're just triggered by food, the amount of food, it's not the food creating you to feel that way. It's not your family members making you feel that way. It's you holding on to your initial reactions and then believing them, agreeing with them, and creating thoughts that make you feel that way. You need to take responsibility for those thoughts. I might recommend if something really triggers you, you know something's going to trigger you, write down what it is that freaking triggers you. Why does it trigger you so much? Someone in our group today posted like, hey, the show physical, is, does anyone find it really triggering? And so I just said, you know, probably I've, I've heard some people say that before, but like, what about it's triggering to you? Because when you can find out why it's triggering to you, you find out your thoughts about the matter and what actually bothers you about it. And then I want you to go through does this make sense? Do I actually want to hold on to these beliefs? Do I want to be bothered by it? Do I want to keep on dwelling over it? And then if someone really bothers you or something bothers you, you do have a right to say something about it. You do have a right to say, I don't like this, or please stop telling me that. And then you have a right to leave if they keep on doing that. Doesn't excuse again their behavior. 
But just know that your reactions to things, how you're feeling, that's your responsibility. Your thoughts are your responsibility. No one makes you feel things. No one make like food doesn't make you binge or make you do things. Now, of course, like someone could be abusive, right? And like force you to do things, but that's a different matter. We're talking about insults and things like that. Again, it doesn't excuse their bad behavior, but I do want you to know that when it comes to what you feel, no one can take away from you what you're allowed to think and what you're allowed to feel. That's always up to you. You get to decide. You get that. That's your power always. And it's actually a really good thing. Okay. The next tip I'm going to give you is to be okay with being uncomfortable and be careful. So be okay with being uncomfortable, with making boundaries with people, with tolerating lots of different food around you, with I don't know, just having a stressful week. Cause a lot of holidays, like my holiday, I'm going to admit, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going home to see with my family this Thanksgiving. I am going for Christmas. I'm going to go home to see my family. And actually I made a firm boundary that I'm not going to stay for like a few weeks. I'm going to stay for just five days. That's what was good for me. But for the Thanksgiving that I'm having this week, my holiday is going to be really chill. It's going to be not very stressful. It's just going to be me and my boyfriend and my dog. I'm going to love it. I'm probably going to take advantage of like cleaning the house. Then we're going to go hiking and have some takeout. Like that's going to be great. So I don't have to deal with all that stress, but a lot of people during Thanksgiving have to deal with family coordinations, kids being out of school, um, having food around financial stress. That's a big thing too. Um, lots of stuff and, and grief and things like that. A lot of holidays bring up uncomfortable emotions about loss that you've had. My advice to you is to be okay with it not always being okay, right? And I know that sounds so basic, but I find that the most times where I am upset with something, I'm usually layer the upsetness with like, this shouldn't be happening or this is bad or this is not what it's supposed to be like. Whenever I just accept that the situation is what it is, whether it's awful, whether it's bad, whether it's upsetting, then it gets easier. Then I can't really get to like the true matter why I'm upset, that sort of stuff. But when I start resisting it, when I'm like, this shouldn't be this way, this isn't fair, blah, blah, blah. Then I start ruminating over it. Then I get angry. And then I just kind of spin my wheels in the mud and don't get anywhere. When I just like with, um, with, uh, for me, um, and I know this is kind of TMI, but like when people like with periods and stuff like that and your menstrual cycle, for me, the week before my menstrual cycle is like, or my um, period is always awful. I just hate it. I'm so low energy and tired. There's probably hormones that I need to look into, but it's just, it sucks. Right. And I'm just not as nice of a person then, but What's helped me so much over the past few years is one, tracking it. So I know when it's when to expect it. But now that I'm tracking it, I know usually when to expect it. But I can be like, oh, right. My period's coming up in like five, six days. That's that's why I feel so shit. Maybe there's other things going on, but at least knowing like, yep, we're going to go through a temporary time of feeling like ickiness and tiredness. And we're going to need a lot more sleep. Cool. Um, at least I know what to expect and I know that it's, it makes sense that I'm able to move through it a lot easier. And I'm not so mad at myself and annoyed and freaking out about all of the things for you. I know it's a little bit different, but with the stress of the holidays, whatever is bothering you, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to go through discomfort, be okay with being uncomfortable, be okay that when you're setting a boundary with your family member that you actually don't want to see them this year. And because of specific things that are damaging to your mental health and, or you only want to see them for one day, be okay with it being an uncomfortable conversation. 
it is an uncomfortable conversation. I'm sure you don't necessarily want to have that conversation and you wish it were different between you guys, but you have to set that boundary all the same because you don't want to risk your mental health and it's just too much for you and it makes you miserable. But here, even I just said it, it makes you, they don't make you, but you know what I mean? Like you're choosing distance from that person. So be okay with not always being okay, having uncomfortable things happen and not always being peachy during holidays. It's okay not to be happy, that sort of stuff. And that was actually my next point, but I kind of just plowed through it and combined them in one, is that it's okay not to be happy. It's a little bit different from being uncomfortable, but here's what I see people being upset about. Everyone around the holidays, like all the commercials, everyone seems always cheery. All of the movies are sappy and sweet and something good happens. Um, that's positive. There's lights everywhere and everyone seems to be having a good time. Everyone's promoting getting presents. There's commercials out there where it's like, I'm going to gift you a car this year. <laughs> There's so many unrealistic, expe- unrealistic expectations out there of the holidays. It's absurd. A lot of people are still struggling. It's not like because it's Christmas or it's a holiday, it's Hanukkah, whatever holiday it is. It's not because those things happen that suddenly all your stresses of the world disappear, especially if you're going through an eating disorder. It's one of the toughest times of year, especially if you've lost someone during this time. My mom lost her father around this time. Really hard for her. Um, And we've also lost other family members during this time. Christmas is oftentimes a really sad moment for people because they remember their loved ones that they lost. And there's grief. And it's just sometimes like you just don't feel happy. You don't feel jolly. And yet everyone around you is happy. It's okay if you're not happy. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing bad about it. You're not the Grinch because it's not like you're trying to take away from other people's happiness. What I might recommend is that if you're not happy during this time, first of all, you're not supposed to be happy 24-7. Then you're kind of a creepy serial killer, right? Like something's wrong. You have some someone in your basement um, if you're happy 24-7. But it's not normal to be happy 24-7. And also, if you do feel unhappy, I might recommend reaching out to some loved ones or trying to do something that makes you feel a bit, bit, bit better. I'm looking into volunteering opportunities for the holidays just because I think that would make me happy. Like I, I volunteered a lot in college when I was in um, Michigan and there was this cool uh, homeless shelter that was actually an art studio. So I, I actually went in there a few times a week and manned the art studio for the people that could come in and make art. Like homeless people could come in, make art and sell it. It was such a cool thing. But, um, I don't think there's anything like that here, but it made me feel good to help people. And it brought some joy to my face. So I would, if you were, if I were you just try to seek some opportunities for how you can, um, find some joy. Maybe it's through giving, helping, service, or maybe it's through remembering your loved one, the loss that you're going through, that sort of stuff. Or maybe it's just wrapping yourself up in a cozy blanket after taking a bubble bath, some hot cocoa, and watching some trashy television. Whatever floats your boat. Like, I do all those things. It's fine. So, but it's okay not to be happy. Take care of yourself during those times, and then do your best to make yourself feel a little bit better. And Except sometimes when you're just not happy, make space for your emotional times when you are sad. It is okay. Um, and then lastly, this is maybe, again, one of the bigger ones. I say this all the time. I really got to stop doing that. But it always feels like that, right? <laughs> if I say it, it's like, this is important. This is important. But one last thing, um, because I see it, you see it a lot in diet culture too. Like people are like, 
holidays. We'll start the diet during New Year's. So um, then right now it's time to feast and just say fuck it to everything. I also notice this with my goals, right? I always am like, oh, you know, if if I haven't accomplished something, like if there's money goals or business goals, or maybe it's like health goals, um, that sort of stuff. If I haven't accomplished it around November or December, I'm like, oh, well, let's just try it next year. Please don't do the thing where it's like, because it's the holidays and there's only a few months left in the year, I'm going to wait till next year to start things. And I'm just going to say, screw it. It's going to be too difficult to do it during this time. So we might as well just give up. Please don't do that. Holidays are not an excuse to stop using all the tools and um, tools that you have available and to stop trying. You're not going to regret it too if you keep on going, even though it's difficult, even though it's going to be harder. You can think of it as like extra hard level, the boss level in a video game, right? (laughs) It's like the the major showdown for those guys that don't play video games. They usually have boss battles. And that means that it's like one of the more ultimate battles you have to do in the video game, the really hard person to beat. Think of the holidays as like the boss battle. It's not time to back down. It's time to go in with your head on strong and use all your tools that you have available to you. You may fumble, you may falter, you may fall down a little bit. That is okay, but it is not an excuse to just give up completely. And you will not like, it's kind of like, again, with money, um, let's say during the holidays, like we have to spend a lot of money, right? Um, or we, we decide to spend a lot of money because there's gifts and stuff like that. If you have been trying to keep a budget and you maybe are in debt, something like that, you're trying to save, but because it's the holidays, you're like, you know what, we're just going to buy a bunch of presents now on our credit card, and then we'll deal with it during January. Um, It'll be fine. You're just digging the hole further, right? It would be far better to make an appropriate budget, figure out what you want to spend for those gifts, and then keep yourself under there and not in a way that doesn't make the debt grow, right? For you, same thing with your eating disorder and recovery. Don't just throw everything out the window. Of course, if you do, you can pick yourself back up. You're going to be in a much better place come January if you still keep trying now and you don't make that kind of fall down a hole. Even if you don't necessarily make any progress in your eating disorder, at least you're not going to be worse and farther down and have to pick yourself back up further. It doesn't make any sense. So don't just give up. Don't just say whatever pausing, mindful eating, emotional regulation, time management, talking to loved ones, even budgeting, like all those tools for stress management and bulimia recovery. I mentioned time management and budget budgeting because like that is commonly something I talk with people about, oddly enough, because it adds to their stress, which creates more behaviors. But Whatever tools keep your stress at bay and help you with bulimia recovery, it's not time to throw them out the window and shove them in the back of the closet. It's time to get them out and make sure you know what they are and practice them regularly. Um, Oftentimes, what happens to me is, (laughs) coach said this to me one time, and I I will never forget it. I told her, I'm like, I feel like I don't have time for self-coaching. For those of you guys that don't know, self-coaching is when you kind of coach yourself. Obviously you look at your own thoughts. I recommend you guys do it all the time in different words, but you look at your own thoughts, see what's bothering you. And then you kind of create better thoughts surrounding it, or you create a better mindset around it. But it was about coach self-coaching and scheduling. And I told her like, I feel like I don't have time for scheduling and self-coaching. I just don't have time for it. And she was like, Jacqueline, when you feel like you don't have time for it, that's when you need it most. And so oftentimes when I I have that thought, because I still have that thought all the time, I'm like, I don't have time for that. When I think that, then I'm like, oh, right. That means I need to make time like right now for it. I need to pause everything 
it can wait and do this first and then move forward. And oftentimes when I do that, my mindset's so much cleaner. I actually have better priorities and I realize half the things I'm trying to do aren't actually important and I need to be over here instead and then move forward. For you, slow down, look at the tools that you need to be using for the holidays and how you can utilize them during specific times and then move forward. It is really important and it can be used. Just because there's food everywhere doesn't mean that you can't recover. That should be the quote of the show. Okay, that's all I wanted to say today. I um, actually really like this episode now that it's all recorded. I hope it helped you and I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and I hope you have a wonderful holidays. Please save this episode for future um, future holidays that you have to come. If you like this episode too uh, and you need further help on this, this is just kind of like the, the podcast is always just little tips and stuff like that I can give. But my program is awesome because it has similar content to my, pod- to content to my podcast, although much more detailed and, and cohesive. But then it also has coaching like weekly so that you can use the content and then get coaching on it and let us look into your brain, me look into your brain and kind of help you, guide you in the right direction. So if you're really struggling, I always recommend getting help of some sort. If it's not for me, go to someone else, find a virtual program. There's free help around too, or um, go talk to a friend. But if you do like this content, join the program. It's $60 per month. It's a really affordable group coaching program. I did that purposefully so that people who maybe can't afford one-on-one coaching, which is also awesome, have something. And it's an amazing resource and people do recover with online programs. If you're not as much of a self, like, self-starter if you have trouble just being on your own just make sure within the program when you join that you're going to the group coaching calls you're making time for it because that's when people can get a little lost if you absolutely aren't good at that then find a coach find a therapist to work with so like you can be committed weekly to showing up for it okay okay then i get off off now happy thanksgiving whatever you're doing today i hope you enjoy it and bye everyone never give up on yourself